Welcome to All Along the Wasatch, a public affairs program produced by Bonneville Salt Lake City. If you would like to submit a request to be on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. Now, here's the host of All Along the Wasatch, Mike Parsons. My guests today are from Nuzzles & Co., and the website is nuzzlesandco.org, nuzzlesandco.org. We have Director of Operations, Aaron Mead, and Annual Giving Manager, Josh Stasinos. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. So Aaron is the Director of Operations, and you said you've been there about eight years. Yes. With a break at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, give us just the elevator speech about what Nuzzles & Co. is all about, who started it, why did they start it? What is it you do exactly? Okay. Um, so about 1990, a group of people that loved animals got together and realized that Summit County had no shelter, no sort of place for animals to go when they were found as strays or unwanted. So they got together and started doing it out of their house. Um, they petitioned Summit County for a shelter which got approved, so we uh, Summit County Animal Shelter was opened. Um, the one person in particular that was part of this group is actually still on our board. Um, she's a sweet, sweet woman. Um, and it just started to snowball after that. We um, started getting a lot of people excited about us, donating money. Um, so we were able to open our adoption center in Park City. Um, it has been there about 20 years um, it's in kind of a back location where, you know, the riffraff of the outlet mall. Wow. So we're in the back. <laughs> uh, that's what I tell people when they complain that they can't find us. But we're there. We're in the back. Um, and so daily we send our dogs down there. Um, the cats stay the night there. Um, and then it was about 17 years ago, um, we purchased 100 acres off of Browns Canyon. Um, they built a 16,000 square foot ranch. Um, where we're able to house, give or take, about 100 animals there, wow. dogs and cats. Um, we just recently, about two years ago, um, started rescuing farm animals. Mm. So right now we have three pigs, and mm. we just took in on Monday two llamas. Um, I'm super excited about. Um, and that's us in a nutshell. We pull from um, overcrowded shelters here in Utah, um, as well as we work with the Navajo mm-hmm. and the Uore Reservation to help their overcrowded, underfunded shelters. Um, so that's our main way we get animals. We don't do owner turnovers. We want to really start at the problem, which is the shelters being full. Right. And there's a lot of great rescue groups in Utah that yes. rescue animals. Some just do dogs, some do dogs and cats. And kind of their model is that they, they rescue those animals from the shelters. But most of them have, have fosters that take care of the animals before they're adopted. You've actually got that beautiful facility mm-hmm. in Pioa. And I was telling you before we went on the air that I, I kind of accidentally ended up there one time. <laughs> I We had a cat that needed to be neutered. And I looked at prices, and boy, the prices at this place in Pioa are great. So... <laughs> In my head, I was thinking of your location just off the Kimball Junction exit there. And then as I got there, I realized, oh, no, this is further. So I ended up way out there. It is a beautiful building, but it is kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's the scenic route. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you kind of have to drive through that quarry to get there. I mean, if, if you go there, you meant to go there. Yeah, it's you, real fun in the winter, too. Oh, I'll bet. <laughs> 
I always like to know how people end up where they are. So maybe, Josh, just talk about your background a little bit and how you ended up in your current role. Sure. Um, I actually came from the hospitality industry. I worked in Salt Lake and bars and restaurants for 20-ish years, and I'm a people person. I love being in bars and restaurants and just telling people stories, listening to stories. And I think when, when you look at rescue, that's exactly what we're doing is telling stories. I was at a point where I'd been married for almost eight years and never had the same schedule as my wife because I've been working bar hours. Mm. We had adopted two dogs from Nuzzles and uh, had a really great relationship with them. And I saw a posting for an annual giving manager, and I was like, I've never been the fundraiser manager, but I know how to talk to people. <laughs> I know how to tell stories. And, like, let's see what happens here. And it felt like meeting my family after about a week being there. It was just like, oh, I'm these are my people. Oh, nice. How long have you been there? I started in October, so, oh, I, so I guess pretty, in pretty some new. ways I'm one of the new guys. Erin, yeah. <laughs> how about you? What's your background, and how did you end up where you are? Um, I graduated with my degree in environmental science and policy from Cal State Long Beach. Um, shortly after that, we decided California was too crowded. We wanted to buy a house. We wanted property. So um, my brother-in-law lived in Park City, so we decided to pack up and move. About three months after moving to Park City, my husband decided he wanted to add another chihuahua to <laughs> our pack and fell in love with this guy named Bart um, from, on the Nuzzles website. So we went to back when it was called Fuburbia, it's the same place, um, and we adopted Bart. And we ended up buying a house in Oakley, and I would drive by where the ranch was every day. Right, yeah. And I ended up wandering up there one day, and um, I got hired as a ranch tech. So I started scooping poop and cleaning <laughs> kennels and caring for the animals there. And and then I gradually moved down to the adoption center um, and became the manager there. Um, and then about a year and a half ago, I got promoted to the director of operations. So are there any jobs in the organization that you haven't had? <laughs> or have you had just about all of them? <laughs> I mean, it's a funny. I'm not a vet. Okay. <laughs> it's a funny question because I knew she was going to say I'm not a vet, but yeah. we we all wear so many hats yeah. in that small world. I mean, I'm sure. when you work for a nonprofit, you're dealing with yeah. limited resources and doing the best you can. But dealing with animal rescue, I mean, I've only known Erin for eight months, but I, like this is a woman who's very dedicated. She's like nuzzles for life is kind of one of those yeah. things I've heard for her. And you, you'll see her do like from 10 minutes to the next, you don't know what she's going to be doing, what hat she's going to be wearing. So. <laughs> Uh, from an outside, pers- or inside outside perspective, I've seen her do just about everything there is, That's other fantastic. than surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good thing, since you're not a vet. Uh, so, where does your funding come from? Uh, that's a great question. Our, I guess, without just throwing out numbers, our, half of our budget every year is just straight up fundraising, asking for private donations, working with. Um, the public just saying, "Hey, like, do you believe in animal rescue? Do you do you think animals enrich our lives? Like, we're doing something pretty neat and pretty cool over here. So maybe consider us when you're when you're thinking about philanthropy." I, I think one of the big misconceptions with with a rescue or with animal rescue is if I pay my adoption fee, that's that pays for the animal, right? That that goes and is the financing that you guys need to be operational. And like puppies are three seventy five. That doesn't nearly begin to cover the cost of spay, neuter, microchip, housing, feeding, quarantine period, whatever needed to go through. So, you know, a small chunk comes from adoption fees. A small chunk comes from like what you did when you came to the ranch to get a low cost mm-hmm. spay, neuter. So we, we do make some money that way through the, the expertise that we have and the, the thing that we specialize in. But a good chunk of it comes from um, doing events with the public and saying, hey, look at us. We're, 
we're saving lives. Do you want to be a part of this? And Aaron, you talked a little bit about where the animals come from. Uh, maybe talk a little bit more about that. Uh, are you are there more animals than you can possibly take in, or are you out on the hunt for animals? Yes, there's more animals um, than ever, especially right now. Um, so Nuzzles & Co. is part of a coalition with a bunch of other um, shelters and rescues in Utah called um, No Kill Utah, mm-hmm. N-K-U-T. Um, and so our goal as a coalition is to work together to try and get animals out of the shelter. Um, we also help by offering low-cost spay and neuters so that unwanted puppies don't end up in the shelter or kittens. Um, and I wish I could take every one. I mean, I have, a, I went to a shelter one time on my own and I ended up bringing back like 20 more kittens than I was supposed to. <laughs> and I joked that it was like sending me into Nordstrom to go shoe shopping. I was just like, I'll take it. With I'll take it. Budget. I'll take it. <laughs> and you know, you just, your heart breaks for them because yeah. you see them in these overcrowded places and the people that work in these, you know, municipal shelters try their best, sure. but you know, they're out dealing with the public and finding animals um, that are strays and taking owner surrenders and stuff like that. So um, it's, it's overwhelming for everyone. I yeah. think we have three rescue dogs and two rescued cats. And there are days when my wife and I look at each other, like how did we end up with five animals in our house? <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. And yeah, I would. I I can't even. I was looking at your website, and I can't even look at the pets because I know there will be one that I'll just connect with and want. Talk a little bit more about the No Kill Utah. Not everybody understands exactly what that means. That doesn't literally mean that every single animal that comes into a rescue is going to be adopted out. There right. are some realistic things that we have to deal with there. Right. So the goal of No Kill Utah was by 2020 to be at 90 percent no kill statewide. Um, I'm not exactly certain what we're at right now, but I heard that we were making really good strides to be at that goal. We might even have surpassed Mm. it by now. Um, But for example, I'll tell the story of Ash. Um, So she was in a really small rural shelter in southern Utah. Utah. Um, She was on the euthanasia list because she was very pregnant and not adoptable, I guess. Mm. So um, because they were full and they needed to take in more animals, there's a list. And it's, you know, by date that they come in, then the bad thing happens. Right. So we saw her on a um, site that we peruse. And I told Josh, I'm not going to give you that access to that site because you'll feel what I feel every day. I'm like, no. Anyways, we, we, we pulled her. We marked her um, to come to us. And the day she was scheduled to come to us, she had eight puppies. Oh, my goodness. So instead of saving one life, right. we ended up saving nine lives. And they came back to us. I think actually all the puppies were finalized um, and adopted today. Oh, like wow. the very last so two that we had. Yeah. 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 So it's still going on. Mm. And shelters and rescues like us try and pull when, when they're on that list especially if they're friendly um, and they don't have any, you know, behavior problems. We don't shy away from um, medical issues too much because we have a wonderful vet on staff. Um, It's the behavior issues. You just want to make sure that they're safe for readoption. So you said it's over 90% now that you're able to adopt. Is that is that a good number ours for your is, organization? Ours is 98 98%. 98%. That's yeah, huge. Yeah. We only euthanize for extreme behavior situations where they're um, a danger to other animals or people or if they're super sick and it's just their time right. to cross yeah. the bridge. Yeah. Um, but we don't put time limits on any of our animals. 
So as far as time, how long are animals typically with you? I know that probably varies a lot depending on the age of the animal and lots of different things. But what's the average? How long when you take a dog or a cat in before they're in a forever home? Um, I believe the average is about 14 days. So oh, that's quick. puppies have to be quarantined for 14 days um, for viruses. Um, so that kind of skews the average a little bit because they do have to be on a quarantine hold. Um, but yeah, once we get an adult animal in that's healthy, they see the vet and then they go up, um, for adoption and, and hopefully they, they're out pretty quick. What do you do with animals that, uh, don't get adopted and they're just, you know, there's always that animal that's been there for too long and you just can't find the right home for them. Oh, peach. How do you deal with that situation? (laughs) We've had peach for over a year. She came in pregnant, um, had her puppies. We sent her out to foster and she was very protective of her puppies. So we thought, uh uh-oh, let's get her out of the foster home. We'll work with her because we have a trainer on staff. Um, she's really come out of her shell. Josh takes her up to his office. Um, she just was a feral dog and is learning to trust people. Um, so we just keep working with him. Um, we have behavior, um, trainer, excuse me. We have our trainer on staff, um, who sets up, you know, this is her, um, kennel schedule for the day. Um, we try and get them, get them into, um, dog play groups if they can, because that kind of lowers their stress level, being able to play. Um, and we just hope the right person will come along. We're speaking with Aaron Mead, who is Director of Operations, and Josh Stasinos, who is Annual Giving Manager from Nuzzles & Co., and their website is nuzzlesandco.org. How long have, have – maybe you don't know what the record is, but what, what's the longest that you can remember an animal being in your care? Uh, we had a dog that was with us for almost two years, but it was like left the shelter, came back to the mm. shelter, was adopted, ran away, lived on the streets of Park City, uh-huh. came back to us. Uh, Spike. And his name was Spike. <laughs> and uh, last year he got ado- – was it last year or early this year? I think year? it was It was cold out. I remember it was snowing. But, so. Yeah, sometime in the last six months he was adopted and has learned how to live on a couch now. So That's great. Um, Peach so is, is that a celebration when that It happens? is a yeah. celebration, yeah. yeah. I mean she was just talking about Peach. Peach is like two years and – four months old now. She came to us when she was a year. That means she's lived over half of her life at the ranch now. Is that a good thing? No, it's not. The ideal situation for a dog is going to be in a home or at a ranch or somewhere. Uh, So we, I I kind of was nervous with Peach at first because I was like, who is this? She's a, she's a pity mix. So she, you know, pit bulls kind of have a bad rap to them. And I just didn't know her and I hadn't been around a lot of pit bulls. And and I started going, you know, I'm going to make her my project. And so I would take her up to the office and stuff because I have an office that's outside of the floor. I take her on walks all the time. And my new goal is actually starting this week. I'm going to take her on a field trip once a week just to get her used to everything. Let's take some steps to make her like more used to the world and the people around us. And I think as staff has been introduced in the last new staff members, we had one that just went, I'm going to learn this dog. And she like laid in the kennel for 15 minutes until Peach came up and was mm. like eating out of her hands. So we all love animals, which yeah. is why we're here. And so someone like Peach, who has been with us a long time and we don't know when she's going to go. Yeah. Um, we, we've all, you know, got a lot invested with her. And- but if you're listening right now, you could go to nuzzlesandco.org and look at Peach and maybe see if there's a connection. She's a, she's a real sweetheart. Um, she was talking about play groups. We have various yards outside, and we had five dogs, Peach being one of them, out together today. And I walked out with treats, and they were all just eating them out of my hand and so friendly. And I was just looking at Peach, and I was so proud of her, like how much she's come in the uh, last yeah. you know, eight months since I've met her. And you're getting paid for that. And I'm getting <laughs> paid fantastic. for that. That's yeah, fantastic. I, I, I have a, a transitioning from the bar world, you know. 
Um, I have a great job in that. Anytime I get sick of what's going on in my office, I just go downstairs and cuddle with oh, puppies yeah. and kittens. And it's like that's way better and way healthier than anything yeah. I've ever done. Talk about the adoption fees. I I hear from people that they think the adoption fees at rescues are kind of high. <laughs> but what I think is we've – all five of our animals came from rescue groups. I think it's a bargain because you're getting an animal that's already been spay or neutered. Um, they've probably been microchipped. They've had a little training. And the other thing about I like about getting to, uh, animals from uh, rescues is that usually the rescue can give you their history and tell you all about them and what kind of home would be best for them, where if you're just going to a breeder, you don't, you don't really get any of that. So, so talk about the adoption prices, and they vary quite a bit. Yes. Um, so, like Josh said, our puppies are three seventy five. Um, then the next tier down is puppies um, six months to one year are two fifty. And sometimes we'll waive that if they're like eight or nine months, and we've had them for a while. We'll or we won't waive it, but we'll bump it up to the adult dog fee, mm. which is one fifty. Um, and then any senior animal, which is seven years or older, is twenty five dollars. Um, for cats, which kit- that's a bargain now. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> and seven's not that old when you think about yeah. it. They still got like ten years left or longer. Um, our kittens are seventy five or two for a hundred because who doesn't want two kittens? Um, adult cats are forty, and then senior cats are twenty five. And then you have something called seniors for seniors mm-hmm. that I loved. Yeah, seniors for seniors. So six, if you're sixty five plus years old and you want a seven year old sweetheart, we will waive the fee and it's. Free. It's free. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, what are the requirements for somebody who's adopting a pet? I'm assuming you don't just take anybody that walks in, and I hope you don't. We let everybody in the world walk in the front door. <laughs> right. We just don't let them walk out with right an exactly. <laughs> Um, we do have an application that people fill out, and that's where we get the conversation started. You know, we want to make sure that you're set up. Um, it's not that we discourage people living in apartments from getting puppies or big dogs. We just want to make sure that they're active because they, maybe they run three miles every morning, and that would be great. Um, but we just start a conversation and make sure that they're set up um, to know, you know, puppies are super cute, but they do grow up to be bigger dogs. They Some breeds like Border Collies um, and Healers do require more activity. Um, so maybe doggy daycare or something like that. Um, for cats, you know, we 100% do not uh, agree with declawing. So if someone marks that they're going to declaw their cat, then we have a conversation with them and educate them on, you know, the brutality of right, yeah. of declawing. Um, but, yeah, it's all about talking with people, finding out what, what they're all about. And maybe, you know, we can find a different animal for them. Maybe they'd be better with a small breed dog living in an apartment. They didn't realize this dog might grow to be 60 pounds. Right. Ooh, that's too big. Um, and then like a great example, we just had this couple come in that they, they were looking for a kitten because their cat had passed away and they came to the ranch and they actually fell in love with Fiona and Shrek, who are seven year old, 20 pound each cats. Um, their owner passed away. Um, so we ended up getting them back. And so these people that came in thinking I'm getting a kitten that ended up with two seniors that are just the sweetest cats ever. And it was like perfect. And you were able to keep the, the animals together, yeah. which is great. Yeah. I think um, they're 17 pounds now. They've been on a uh, diet yeah, since they, they came to us. <laughs> um, so, um, shoot, what was I lost my train of thought. Oh, so we've talked about it a little bit, but what are some of the myths or misunderstandings about animal rescue and adoption? Um, I think one of them I covered already, which is that your adoption fee that 
yeah, you said some yeah. people think is high um, is is great at supporting that rescue. You know, it, it barely even covers the cost of the animal um, to spay, neuter, microchip an animal and feed them and house them. Oftentimes, is twice what people are paying for that adoption fee. I think the way I looked at the adoption fee is it's sort of like let's make sure somebody's serious. If we said like free puppies, then you know, sure, yeah, is it going to be a good fit? Is this a great home for these rescues? Like let's 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 make sure that people are serious and know that there's a commitment and a cost, especially if there's a medical issue with an animal down the road. I've also heard people say like I I don't want to adopt from a rescue because I don't want just some mutt. I want mm-hmm. I want a certain kind of dog. But I think that that's still possible through rescue groups, right? Totally, yeah. Um, I was going to, you know, say almost the same thing is that these are kind of like throwaway animals. Mm. Like they're, you know, they were thrown into the shelter because no one wanted them. So they might not be a great animal, but rescued is my favorite breed. (laughs) And, um, my best dog is a res dog. Um, and she is the sweetest. Um, she's the, I could take her anywhere with me and she's great. And then I have a lab that I ended up rescuing, but she was from a breeder, and she's a nut job. So, I mean, (laughs) There is something to be said (laughs) about the mutts because they they tend to live longer and Mm -hmm. be healthier, which is going to cost you less money in the long run. Uh, My favorite dog, I don't talk about this in front of my three dogs, but the one who is my favorite, (laughs) um, uh, we actually did a DNA test on him, and it came back 66% other breeds. He's such a mutt that even the DNA test couldn't tell what he was, and he is the absolute best dog I've ever owned. Um, Aaron said she has a res dog. I have two res dogs from Nuzzles, too, so about 40% of our animals come from the Navajo Nation. Mm Our intake director's Navajo, and growing up, he was like, "Why are there so many dogs here?" And as an adult, he figured, "Let's help and let's let's work on this rescue." Um, we did a DNA test on one of ours too, and and it was like five percent of everything is yeah, basically yeah. what it should have said. And I, we have two res dogs, same areas where they came from, absolutely completely different personalities, yeah. um, different looks to them, even. And one of the games we play the most, probably with people, and the, probably the biggest question I get every day on social media is, "Hey, can you tell me what breed that dog is?" "Hey, can you tell me?" Mm. And because most of our animals are rescues from a situation where we don't know the past very well, uh, we just list every animal as mixed breed, mm-hmm. and and then they'll go, "Well, what do you think it is?" And it's like, <laughs> "Well, what if I tell you we think it's a lab, and then a year from now it doesn't look like a lab or act like a lab? What is that going to do to your expectations?" Right, or, right. Everything. I mean, what we're talking about is a living creature who is really like look in their eyes and then now tell me what you see. Like, exactly. That's where it, where I think the real connection happens. Looking through your website, you've got a lot of programs. You mm-hmm. don't just do this one thing where you rescue animals and make sure they're ready for adoption. You do all kinds of stuff around that. Maybe you could talk about some of those programs. Um, well, I personally, um, I personally um, run the foster program and the volunteer program. Um, so. Our volunteer program has changed a lot um, since COVID. Um, we used to ha- allow junior nuzzlers, which was, were youth, um, to volunteer at our adoption center. But our staffing is just still not all the way recovered from that. So, um, unfortunately, we just do 18 and older volunteers um, where people can come to either location, walk dogs, help us with projects, um, do cat cuddling and socializing and that sort of thing. And then helping us with events um, is is a huge volunteer request that we, we put out a lot because um, we do a lot of events around town um, and in Salt Lake. Um, and then our foster program, um, we I get emails about once a day of people asking about it. And um, so, like I said before, puppies require two-week um, quarantine. Same with kittens. 
Um, any dog or adult cat that comes in that has a medical problem or is maybe really shy or shut down, love for them to go into a foster home. And we provide everything um, to help, um, whether it be um, bedding, bowls, uh, X-Pen or crates. Um, and we always provide the food um, so that they're all, all our animals stay on the same food um, and that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of that kind of caught my attention and made me want to know more. Friends with Benefits program. Yes. What is that about? So the Friends with Benefits is um, where we assign animals that have been with us for six months or longer, and we make up a little package deal that goes along with their adoption. So not only is their adoption fee waived, but for instance, Sunny, who we've had for a little bit of time, um, he comes with free vaccines for life. They just have to bring him up to oh, the wow. ranch um, for their yearly exam. Um, he also gets two weeks of free boarding um, at our rescue ranch. And then after that, it's a reduced price. Um, and then he gets free training with our trainer for life as well. The other one that caught my eye was working cats. I thought, what are you, we're going to adopt <laughs> out cats to do jobs? Doesn't every animal really need a job? <laughs> <laughs> Well, our working cat program is awesome. Um, we have about 45 ferals up at our ranch that are our working cats. Um, and then what we do is we pull from shelters ferals. So people have caught ferals in the neighborhood. Um, they're also known as community cats. They don't belong to anybody. They're just mm -hmm. out roaming. And what we do is we um, take them in, we spay and neuter them, we ear tip them, mm -hmm. we vaccinate them, and then we try and send them back to where they came from. Or maybe um, like the guy down the road that has the barn, he just adopted five working cats from us. Um, so we show them how to take them in and let them acclimate, and then you release them, and they just work around the property, killing field mice yeah. and stuff like that, or, you know, rodents. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really great because not only does it help um, the cats because they're fixed and they're just free to roam and live their life, but we're not creating more overpopulation. Right, yeah. We, one of our cats has the, the ear clipped, and so it was a feral cat. But now this cat, <laughs> this cat doesn't want to go outside. This cat doesn't want to do, I mean, That's he like is the Girl ultimate Scout. homebody now. And it's funny that he started out as a, a feral cat, and, and now he is anything but. There's a there's a, one of our feral cat colony members. I don't even know what its name is. We had to shave him recently. He was all matted. Uh, he'll follow me around every time I'm outside. <laughs> like, hey, how's it going? But, I mean, he's part of the feral colony. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't want to be held or anything, but he'll follow you around. <laughs> Cats are, I, I don't think that there's, there are any cats that are 0% feral. I think all of them have just a little bit of that. A little that bit of spice. Them. Yeah, a little bit. Um, you've got a couple of events coming up. One that's coming up right away, June 17th, called Snuggle with Nuzzles Puppies, which sounds amazing. So there's two things to talk about with that. One is um, one of the ways I raise money, actually, and, and interact with the public and socialize our dogs is called a Snuggle Lounge. I think it's on our uh, How to Get Involved and like businesses can hire me. I do this all ski season in, at the hotels in, in Park City is I'll do a snuggle lounge in their lobby. So they'll donate $1,500 to us. I'll bring four puppies for two hours. People get to recharge their batteries. The dogs get socialized. Yeah. It's like a win, win, win. So on that particular date, we're actually participating with the Latino Arts Festival. And we're, we're going to be in a tent that's talking about the mental health benefits of, of being around animals and mm -hmm. puppies in particular. And uh, it's going to be pretty special and, and just kind of, a, hey, let, let me, wellness is something we talk about a lot these days. And, like, this is real-life wellness. Like, come yeah. put a puppy in your arms and be upset. 
<laughs> try to I dare you. And then you've got a big event coming up, uh, Love from the Mountaintops, uh, in August. Correct. That's our annual gala, um, and that's being held at the Pendry, which is up in the kind of the canyons area, uh, canyons. Uh, ski area, main area. God, what am I trying to say? Yeah, the, the canyons. canyons. Well, now it's all Park City Mountain Resort, but yeah. it was the canyons village. The, the, village is the canyons word I was village. trying to find, and, and it just disappeared from my fancy. brain. Yeah. Pendry's fancy. It's new. Yeah. Um, it's going to be pretty cool. So in the village area, we're going to be doing like our cocktail hour. We're going to have puppies for people to take their pictures with and snuggle. And actually, we have one of these photo booths where uh, a camera swivels around you and does video of you oh, holding the nice. puppy. Yeah. Uh, so you can put it on your Instagram or whatever and then down to the ballroom and we have dinner and we have a silent auction we have a live bidding option auction and those are things that will all said and done that event should raise enough money to be like a third of our, our fantastic budget and it's so there. much fun look on our website you can see the prices for the seats or you can buy a whole table if you have a company or something like that and it's so much fun or if you know you you can't be there and you're like hey i actually have a really cool thing that would make a good silent auction bidding item. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're interested in that. We're interested in partnerships with people. Like if, if there's a way you think you might be able to work with us as a rescue, like throw the idea at me. Like maybe. Probably figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nuzzlesandco.org is the website. We've been talking to Director of Operations Aaron Mead, Annual Giving Manager John Stasinos. Josh. Josh. What, did I get the last name right? I said John. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Stasinos is correct. <laughs> And annual giving manager, Josh Stasinos. Thank you so much for your time. we got to have you back because I've got 20 other questions that I want to ask you, but we're out of time. So thank you for being here and thank you for what you do. Thank Absolutely. You. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to All Along the Wasatch with Mike Parsons. If you would like to submit a request to be a guest on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. That's mparsons at ksl.com.